Hi, I'm Nathan Oren, and this is Journal Talk, episode 33. And today I'd like to talk about the unsent letter and spiritual healing. This is Journal Talk, a bi-weekly podcast about all things journaling. Journal Talk is a part of Write for Life, a web resource for journaling with passion, clarity, and purpose. You can reach us on our website at www.writeforlife.us. That's www.write, the number four, life, L-I-F-E, dot U-S. And now, here's the host of Journal Talk, and the founder of Write for Life, journaling coach, Nathan Oren. Thanks for listening to Journal Talk. This is Nathan Oren. And today I'd like to introduce you to a friend of mine, Shirley. And we, Shirley and I often talk about spiritual ideas. And we had a conversation recently where she was sharing with me that she recently dealt with a long time, a lifelong really, spiritual pain uh, by writing out a letter to Jesus. And Shirley has a very interesting story, and she's going to go into it uh, in some detail. But just to let you know, she identifies as Jewish, even though she was raised in a very strict Christian home. And she was instilled from a young age with a lot of fear and doubt about God. And she'll she'll talk more about that. I imagine that there are quite a few people out there who have experienced something like this, similar to Shirley. I consider this something like a spiritual bruising, where you become a victim of or maybe abused by certain religious doctrines, and eventually you develop an irrational and unhealthy view about God, and some people never recover from it. Well, I'm pleased to say that my friend Shirley is recovering, and today she'll share the most significant step in that healing, something that took her quite by surprise. It's the journal technique known as the unsent letter. She wrote a letter to Jesus. Listen in. Okay. All right. Hello, Shirley, and welcome to Journal Talk. Good morning. Good morning, Nathan. Good to have you here, and thanks for your time and sharing about your story about the unsent letter. For those who don't know, that the unsent letter is a journaling device taught by several of the journaling gurus and teachers and has made an enormous impact in your life. I loved the story that you shared with me, and I'm just grateful for your time here to share with, with others. And Shirley, do you want to tell just a little bit about your background and who you are a little bit before we get started? Certainly, but I want to begin, Nathan, by saying that uh, what I'm going to say and talk about is my experiences with a very fundamentalist church, and this does not reflect all of Christianity, nor Christians as a whole. And so I want to make that very clear. I'm, I don't want anyone to take my words as criticism of Christianity or Christians as a whole. This is a very fundamentalist church that I was a part of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thank you for that. No Christian bashing going on here. Right, exactly. <laughs> so 
Nathan, I was uh, born a very poor Jewish immigrants, and as uh, I'm sure you and most of your listeners know, immigrants work hard, and uh, my my parents literally worked seven days a week from five in the morning till ten at night, mm-hmm. and there was not much time for much else in their life. And uh, consequently, when I was born, my parents had a, were having a hard time raising a little child. And so a very kind Christian neighbor said that she offered to help raise me. And she indeed became a second mother to me. Mm. And, and that was a very beautiful thing. I had two mamas. The problem arose, the problem that I encountered, however, was the fact that she was a member of a small fundamentalist church that believed in a very literal interpretation of the New Testament. Mm -hmm. And, And the church's message was very simple. You must believe in Jesus and have a special spiritual experience or you would burn in hell for all eternity. Mm-hmm. And this wasn't a a spiritual hell. This was a a real hell, and for eternity. And therein lies the problem. I I was I was filled with fear, fear that I was not good enough, fear that uh, my parents and I would burn in hell forever, and. I was consumed by fear, and I remember praying and crying, and there was little time and thought or energy for much else in my life. I knew that I was a miserable sinner. I had doubts about my experience with Jesus, and and it was terrifying. And uh, I was burdened with these fears from about the age of nine through my 20s. Wow. Yes, it was wow. it was uh it was sad. It was a sad time. And can I interrupt for just a second? Oh, um and I'm just trying to get a perspective of this because, you know, and I I thank you for reminding everybody that this was a a a very corner case perhaps in Christianity where you have such a such a strong strong emphasis on the scary parts of Christianity and and burning in hell and things like that but just to understand wasn't there hope being shared and and did you have any kind of a spiritual experience with Jesus well, that I'm I'm glad you asked that Nathan yes I did have a spiritual experience but I was afraid it wasn't good enough Oh. I was afraid it wasn't good enough. Yes, there was hope. You, If you had a spiritual experience with Jesus, you would uh, be safe from uh, from hell. But I never was completely sure that mine was good enough. Wow, wow. Okay. Thank you. Okay. And so when I was in my teens and early 20s, I, I began to see that there were... There were other people in the world who who didn't live by the the um, this interpretation of Christianity that I was raised with, and and I could see that many of them were honorable, good human beings. Like I remember, my math teacher in high school was Catholic, and I remember I was so impressed with him because it was obvious to me he was a he was a good human being, making the world better, and he certainly didn't have 
that kind of uh, understanding of, of what needed to be done to avoid burning in hell forever. Another teacher I remember I was equally impressed with, and he was uh, an atheist. And and surprisingly, I, I even met some Jews who were gush human beings. And so I, I began to uh, have turmoil in addition to fear. And when then when I was in my twenties, uh, uh, life is nothing if not full of surprises. I met a nice Jewish man, and, and ultimately I started on that spiritual, shall we call it, spiritual path. Mm-hmm. And yet, even after I started on that spiritual path and was comfortable with it, there were moments when I would be filled with fear, especially at night. And so I'm now 112. No, I'm just seeing if you're paying attention, Nathan. (laughs) I'm now in my 70s. And through all that time, I continued to have moments of fear, especially at night. Wow, wow. And then a few months ago, a friend of mine, a psychologist, suggested that I write a letter to Jesus. Now, Nathan, this sounded so, so, um, I, I can't even think of the word for it, but it, it, it was scary to me to even, to even be that, what would be the word, to be that audacious to, to write a letter to Jesus. That, I mean, who was I to write a letter to Jesus? It was, it was uh, overwhelming to me. And, but my friend kept, urging me and she said it might help for me to to resolve some of my fears and so with her encouragement I said I would try and it took days and days to write that letter mm, mm. indeed I felt a little relief after the letter was finished oh good and good. then and then Nathan my friend said Jesus should write a letter to me. Now, if I was doubtful with the first letter, I was even more doubtful to the second. Mm. I thought it would be so disrespectful and presumptuous to to do such a thing. But she, again, encouraged me, and and once again, I tried. But this time, once I started, the words flowed. And with the writing of the letter, I experienced a great sense of relief and gratitude. Mm. And in fact, I have come to believe that Jesus is my friend. Wow. Wow. After all these years. Yes. Yes. After all those years. And obviously, <laughs> I had never thought of, a, of Jesus as my friend before. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Wow. So do you want to take a moment to read the letters, or is that something too personal to ask? No, I I, I would be happy to. The first letter, of course, is from me to Jesus. Okay. Dear Jesus, I have always feared you. I have always been so frightened and ashamed, knowing that I was not good enough, didn't believe strongly enough, didn't give my life to you. I never thought of you as kind and gentle, but more demanding, 
stern, intolerant of anything that stood between you and me. I've always been afraid to say your name, in fact. I wasn't good enough. And yet, without you, I was doomed to everlasting hell. In fact, I still have a hard time saying your name. What if you would come to me? I would be so frightened, frightened beyond my ability to stand it. My worst fear would be for you to come to me at night. I couldn't bear it. Have mercy. I have tried never to talk badly about you, Jesus. Only church doctrine and elders. And if I have said anything that dishonored you, I beg your forgiveness. I never intended to. I'm too frightened to do that. It is only now that I'm beginning to think of you as anything but frightening. Maybe someday we can be friends. No, no, perhaps not. But at least perhaps I could be at peace with you and less frightened. I now think of you as a rabbi, well within Jewish traditions. And if I'm wrong, and you are God's son, please forgive me for making the wrong decision. I have tried sincerely to make the right religious decisions. I always meant well. Rationally, I now think that you and our God would not want to frighten me. But sometimes my old fears leap up. I still have a hard time saying and writing your name. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Many feelings come and go. Just seeing your name frightens me. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. May the time come now when your name won't divide us and frighten me. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Wow. And so that was my letter to Jesus. And what was it like writing writing that out? What was going through your mind while you're writing all this out? Well, it it stirred up so much pain and fear and doubt. Mm. And I also felt that maybe it was inappropriate to Mm -hmm. to Jesus. Mm -hmm. So all in all, it wasn't a, it was a difficult, very difficult thing to do. Mm -hmm. Very Mm -hmm. difficult thing to do. It sounds like it took a lot of courage. It did, Nathan. It really did. And and so often, those few days, I just wanted to put it aside. It stirred up so much that I had tried to keep in the background mm-hmm. for, for most of my adult life. And and I was I was reluctant to to stir it up, but indeed it did. Yeah, yeah. And you said it took several days to write it. Yes, yes, several days. So something had you keep coming back and adding more and keep thinking about it and adding more. Something was kind of nudging you. Were you were you finding a little bit of peace or comfort or No, the thing that thing that kept bringing me back was hope. I I respect my 
your therapist friend. Uh huh. And and it was hope, just hope that that kept me coming back to write. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Wow. Very good. Very good. How about the response letter? Well, when my friend suggested that Jesus write me a letter, I was even more aghast than I was <laughs> with the first letter. I mean, if, if the first letter was presumptuous, I thought the second letter, my goodness. My yeah, goodness. You're, you're writing the voice of God. Yeah. <laughs> I said, I can't do that. And, and she again urged me, and, and again, out of hope, hope, hope that it would bring me some peace, I said I would do it. And and interestingly, Nathan, once I started, it flowed so easily, so easily. And immediately, immediately, I began to feel some healing. Wow, wow. Totally different experience from the first one. We'll pause right there for just a moment and will come back and surely will read to us the letter that Jesus wrote back to her, the reply letter. So stay close by. I just wanted to take this quick break to share this week's book spotlight, an all-time favorite of mine that includes a full description of the unsent letter writing technique by Kathleen Adams. So here's Albert Diaz-Cruz to tell us more about this week's book review. Once again, this is Albert. Hi. It's always healthy to expand our journaling horizons so that we can exercise all our writing muscles. When you have run out of gas, so to speak, you can get your wheels turning by trying on a new method that offers fresh new techniques that you can try out for size. Having said this, let me introduce you to one of my favorites. Journal to the Self by Kathleen Adams, published in 1990, who offers an eclectic approach that has an unstructured structure. Yes, an unstructured structure. Her approach borrows ideas from Ira Pragov, Carl Jung, Carl Rogers, and Abraham Maslow, just to name a few. If you decide to purchase this very practical book, you must turn to pages 134 to 137. There you will find a hundred things to write about where you can pick or choose randomly any prompt so you can begin writing or continue your journaling experience. Go with the flow. I love her book's title, Journal to the Self, 22 Paths to Personal Growth, which does Open your doors to self-understanding by writing, reading, and creating a journal of your life in Kathleen's words, or recreating one, my words. So this is Albert signing off until our next brief review of another journaling book. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Nathan. Keep writing. Bye. Thank you, Albert. Journal to the Self by Kathleen Adams is also the name of a journal writing workshop that I just finished leading. We had about six people in the course. It was a real pleasure to introduce people to all the techniques that are in that book. And I'm sure I'll be offering that course again very soon. So please stay in touch with me for the details or you can write to me at Nathan at EasyJournaling.com. Right now, I want to go back and share the rest of the conversation I had with Shirley, a friend of mine who recently had something of a spiritual experience 
of healing by writing an unsent letter to Jesus. And what was the most interesting part of this interview was that the real healing came when she allowed Jesus to write a letter back to her. She's just about to read that letter to us now. Let's listen in. Now, before I read the letter to you, Nathan, I I have to explain. You will hear the word Hashem, and in case you don't know what that means, Mm -hmm. is the name that some people use for God. And uh, it simply means, those words simply mean the name, but because... In Hebrew? Yes, in Hebrew. Jewish people feel that, that God is beyond names, so it simply means the name. But Jewish people uh, say it, and it, it, and it has a, a nice, warm feeling to me, and so I like to use that word. Okay, all right. So... The letter that Jesus wrote to me is this. Dear suffering soul, Shirley, dear child, don't be frightened of me. You are loved by God and me and many others. You are good. You are good. You have tried your best. Don't be frightened of me. Don't let those who speak falsely for me have power over you. We are both Jews. More importantly, we are both children of God. Live your life fully. Sleep comfortably. Help others. You are loved. We shall meet someday. And yes, we shall be friends together before God. Mm. Be strong. No retribution. Just acceptance, love, and peace. Peace, peace, peace. Hashem, Hashem, Hashem. Together we say Hashem. Your friend, Jesus. <laughs> Wow. And that was the letter. Wow, wow. Now, and you've told me before, you have some good, decent, fun, loving Christian friends. Uh, Some of my best friends are Christians. (laughs) (laughs) And it's, it's really true, Nathan. Truly, my Christian friends bless me daily. Yeah, and, and I imagine them, I don't know how many people, how many of them you would have told this story to or read this letter. I imagine if they heard this letter or read this letter, that they would say, ah, oh, well, you're born again. You're one of us. That's what we're trying to say. Jesus is peace and love and acceptance and forgiveness. And finally, Jesus is living in your heart. I, I hadn't thought of that, Nathan. I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> Because, because I always think of the other Jesus, you know, of really not the other Jesus, but the other interpretation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. From your childhood, yeah. Yes. So this exercise, the unsent letter, 
and you know that that is not those words or maybe you think maybe there is there some part of you that may have space to believe that uh, those words were coming from a divine source well i think i think they were certainly impacted by a divine source wow i do mhm mhm and there's so many forms of the unsent letter too this is this is probably the most dramatic i might say the most dramatic example of the unsent letter you know i i've done this where i've written uh, somebody I've had an argument with or somebody I don't talk to very much and I don't really think that a live conversation is going to uh, do much good at this point, but maybe in preparation for a live conversation, I might write a letter to that person and have them respond back. And I know full well that that what I'm writing is not necessarily their words. It's like what I think or what I'm expecting or what the deep inner wisdom in my body would would guess is that is going to be their response but still there's a lot of healing in it there's a lot of information and a, and a lot of uh, opportunity to make peace with the different aspects of my own conflict with that person Nathan I would never have believed it if so, well I didn't believe it when someone said write a letter I would not have believed it would bring peace and healing, but I, I urge those who do have a, a uh, perhaps a friend or someone who, who they have issues with in life to try. Mm-hmm. to try. I would not have believed it. Yeah, particularly if the person has passed on and there's no opportunity to, to have a real conversation with them, the unsent letter is a great way to even though you're not connecting with them, you're, you are connecting with the pieces of them that are left behind in your memory and, and in your psyche. In some way, a connection is made. And, yeah. and I can't explain it, and, and I certainly can't put it into words. But somehow, a connection can be made. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very good. Anything else you wanted to share? No, I uh, I thank you for having me on, and and I uh, listen to your your podcast, and I I encourage you to continue. I enjoy them so much. Well, thank you. Thanks a lot. That means a lot to me, and uh, I appreciate your time and and your story. It's it's definitely a, definitely a powerful one. And thanks for bearing all in front of who knows how many people. <laughs> I I hope it will help others, Nathan. Yeah, yeah. All right, Shirley, thanks so much. You're welcome. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. My name is Nathan Orne, and this has been another episode of Journal Talk. Next week, we will return to Journal Talk Q&A with Mary McCarthy, where we answer your questions about journal writing. Stay tuned. Have a great week, and keep on writing. This episode of Journal Talk is copyright and brought to you by Write for Life an online resource for living with passion, clarity, and purpose through journaling. Visit our website at www.write, spelled W-R-I-T-E, the number four, life, L-I-F-E, dot U-S.
Thanks again for listening to Journal Talk and for voting that this is the best health and fitness podcast of 2013.